can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Just before, Don, we speak to, we're going to say who we're speaking to right now. We're going to speak to, we're not speaking to her now, but we're announcing it's Melinda Richards and she's written a book on, uh, and it's called You Can't Say That. We'll uh, just enlighten people a little more when we get her on the line. But first of all, we wanted to mention Kate Save because you have neglected to tell us a whole lot of stuff about Kate Save's uh, beef fit food. Don, are you listening? No, I haven't neglected telling you, but I yes, have forgotten have. to bring up the promotional material that Kate saved. Well, that's the same thing as neglected telling me. Well, I've got it at my back door, so I went right past it. I put it there especially to bring it in so I'd remember and, and, walk, where is it? and walk right past it and forgot it. I would say that's neglecting to tell me. Do you me. think so? Yeah. So what is... Or uh, do you think it's CTE? Seeing as we're, seeing as we're part of uh, the Kate Save enterprise, do you know that? Yes. We are shareholders. I know. And do you know why we are? Because the food, Johnny... We you put know, our money where our mouth is, John. The food is very good. Well, go on, give us the specials that you've forgotten to do. What? No, there's no specials. Oh, well, what were you going to bring in? Did you left? Uh, promotional material that would just citrus, uh, strategically, citrus. strategically on the table as that bucket hat is with smart-ass Sam on. Oh, so that when we do the promo, yes. uh, it'll be in view. Yes. Because that's the only thing you forgot, is it? That's what We've I forgot. we Kate save the stuff up here, Don. We've got it Where? up here somewhere. Up there, all your little pamphlets all that you bring I can see is those stubby holders. Now the stubby holders. Um, we just should mention them. The stubby holders and the hats. And see the shirt I'm wearing? Uh, without the collar, hmm. this is a T-shirt. Yeah, you can yeah. buy them. Mick is inundated with the stubby holders. They, now those sold stubby holders, they're interesting. Yeah, they, they've sold because they're thousands made, of them. They're made from offcuts of wetsuits. That's right, yeah. What do you mean, that's right? Well, that's... Well, they're, but they're recycled. They're the rubbish. Well, I know that. The offcuts of a wetsuit. I know that, Don. That's because they, uh, they repel... Uh, they, they repel coldness. No, they retain coldness. That's why, that's why you use a stubby holder, so you, your warm hand doesn't warm up the can that you're drinking out of. Isn't it? When you use a stubby holder, so instead of holding a warm can, a can of beer and your hand warms it up, the stubby holder stops it from warming up. That's why you use them. Or what did you think? You just used to put a sleeve over a can for effect. Are you, are you listening to any of this? What, what, what do you, what, that's what a stubby holder is. It's got your head in it and mine, and he's sold hundreds of them. Hundreds. And you can buy them from michaelchristianmenswear.com. The T-shirts without the collar. See, look at that. You'll see that when we do the promo. And the, the hats, the caps, and the stubby holder. And what your, about the Kate Save Be Fit Food? Can you buy that online? Or if you happen to go down Mornington Tyre, it's at Mornington Tyre Road, Mornington. You, you won't buy that on mychristianmenswear.com. I know, but you can buy Kate Save. Okay. Well, online. Right. 
Before we end up uh, actually dissolving this partnership, Don, of today, uh, this has just gone very close to being the last thing that we do because uh, you have been... Promises, com- promises, promises. So we're going to ring up. We're going to ring now. Uh, so we've got the technician on the line here. This is uh, young Susan Stanley. She's going to have a crack at this uh, and uh, see if we can get uh, Melinda Richards on the, on the line. It's ringing. Is it ringing? Melinda? Yes, hi. How are you? Melinda. Now, yes. welcome. We're, uh, we're on air here and um, we're very grateful. Where are you? In Queensland? I am in Queensland, yes. Fantastic. I'm on the Coast. Well, I'm going to do, I'm just going to give a uh, sort of a, a ham-fisted introduction to you. And, uh, yes. and uh, so Don Scott is here with me. Say hello, hello to Melinda, Don. Don. Belinda, how are you? No, Thank no, you very no, much no. for Bel- coming it's on. It's Melinda. Mel- oh, Melinda. Melinda, not Belinda. Mm-hmm. Christ. Give, give, <laughs> give, give the uh, people we speak to the uh, privilege oh. of speaking, calling them the right name, will you? It's okay. I'm not offended. I'm no, not offended. well, geez, I'm offended. <laughs> now, you've written a book called, I'm just going to read this out, You Can't Say That. And the book, it's the book that gives you permission to have an opinion again, permission to start talking about things you didn't think you could talk about anymore. If you wish to learn um, how to regain the freedom of speech and remove your fear about speaking out, then this book will help you realise that dream. The reason I'm reading that very slowly is because it's in very small writing on my phone. But uh, people got the <laughs> people people got the gist of that, and um, uh, it, it is um, um, it's uh, the purpose, as I say, is to start a discussion. And you've had testimonials of people say, uh, "What a refreshing book this is! I've been able now to say things that I thought I couldn't say, but for fear of getting pigeonholed into some category of uh, anything that ends in ist or ism, or so all that sort of oh, stuff." Oh yes, of course. So, mate. so our first question, Melinda, just from me, yes. anyhow, is. Um, why did you decide to write this? Were you urged to do it or have you had enough of this woke world we're heading into? Well, it was basically just having enough of the woke world we're heading into. We're actually not heading into it now. We're smack bang in the middle of it. Um, in 2018, we were probably still heading into it. That's probably when I first decided and that I was taking a bit of a look around, you know, like a meerkat bobbing its head up, looking around at the landscape going you know what, how did we get here? I mean, we were cancelling grid girls at the Formula One, I think, at the time when I was thinking to myself, this is just political correctness gone mad. But it's just, it was more than just political correctness. It was becoming a strangulation of people's rights and freedom of speech and freedom of thought. We had too many people telling us what we could say, what we could think. So I was, you know, back in 2018, I, I started to jot down a few notes. I was going to make a blog, but those notes turned into chapters and the book started to form. Just um, just, just before, before you go on, Melinda, you, to, to exemplify your point, you said uh, you bobbed your head up like a meerkat. Uh, that's The meerkats were banned from, uh, they were Russian meerkats, they were banned from representing an insurance company when Russia invaded Ukraine. They took them off the air. 
Oh, I said we had gone. That, I didn't even know that. They took their <laughs> back. Their the back. Haircut. Their back now. But people associated yes. those the, those cartoon well over cartoon oh. meerkats with Russia and Russia invaded Ukraine and they thought no, oh Uh-oh. that's politically incorrect. We uh, better not let them uh, go to yes. air. So they're back they now. So the I, yep. So wow. I, so I interrupted you. <laughs> go ahead. No, no, that's all good. But, of course, you know, 2020 came. I, I put pens down and, of course, we'd all love to go back to 2018 right now. So the, the path we were heading on, as I said, I think we're fully in the middle of it now. I think uh, the woke narrative has permeated every part of our society, every section of our society. You can talk about our, our schools, our universities, our big corporations, our big box retail stores. You know, you talk about public service. I mean, even our kindergartens are being infested with this toxic, poisonous wokeism that's just uh, spreading through our society like a disease. And I think we we just need to get some balance back. Like, I'm not saying cancel people or cut them out or shut everything down, but what I am saying is that we do need to start getting the conservative voice back. We need some balance. I mean, even centre-left people are, are tired of, of the woke narrative in so many ways. So I think that the book turned into something different after two and a half years of, of the COVID nonsense. And I, I I did put something in there about COVID and I, I sort of lengthened it out and I, I talked, you know, I was, I was getting a lot more passionate about it. So the book turned into something that was a bit bigger, a bit longer. And yeah, I was hoping that it would just add just one little piece of collateral to the to the conservative voice or to the people that were at least trying to put some sanity back into society. Melinda, is there a central body that controls this narrative that we've got to use now? If you kick back and say, no, I'm not going to abide by what you say or what you're asking me to do, what repercussions are there? And is there a central body that looks after this type of thing as far as the wokeism? Look, I think I think there is a central body. Um, I think that if you, where is it then? Well, look, I mean, there's a group of people that are controlling these big, hairy global narratives right now that they're telling everyone they've got to jump on board. Correct. So whether it's COVID yeah. or climate or black, and lives who matter, are these people? Well, look, if you go onto the website of the WEF, it's actually very clear who they are. And and if you look at who attends Davos, if you look at who owns the pharma companies, if you look at who owns the media, all you have to do, and it doesn't take long to do it, ask a few questions about where is the money going with our energy, where is it going with our media, where does it go with our transport, where does it go with our food? All of the big corporations around the world are basically all owned by the same people. And these people do permeate the and then do push these narratives. But what's astounding to me, particularly in Australia, is people are so willing to jump on board with these narratives without asking any questions. I mean, that's, we, we still have the idea of people power and individual thought. The thing that probably disturbs me most is not that the fact that there's a bunch of people controlling the globe. I mean, that's been like that since probably the 15 and 1600s, if we were to be frank. It's, it's the fact that people are so willing who just blindly follow narratives when they can't be bothered and can't can't ask any questions about it. And I just find that a little lazy, to be really honest with you. I just find that individual thought and critical thinking 
is disappearing very, very quickly because we're all using technology as this kind of backup knowledge and this backup, like we know everything now because we've got our phones in our hands. So we're losing the ability to ask questions. So, so Melinda, I presume there's been, I presume there's been a bit of blowback uh, from uh, the uh, vocal minority who are, as I say, pushing the opposite narrative. Uh, it, it would probably be refreshing that uh, you've had some blowback from those people because you know you're hitting a nerve. I do. Look, I'm, I'm heavily on X, so which used to be Twitter. Yep. I uh, until before Elon Musk took over. I, I was getting cancelled, there's no doubt about it. I was cancelled three times on Twitter just for asking some questions and making some factual statements about COVID. Um, apparently, I wasn't allowed to have an opinion. The conservative opinion and the conservatives were being shut down on, on every single media, but now they're back on X because Elon Musk decided that, you know, once he got cancelled, it's like, oh, I don't like that. I think I'll buy the company. So I think they're, they're coming back. But the blowback um, is not too much on my book yet because I don't go into really the the who or the what. I go into the how. I go into how people have been so, uh, I, I guess, compliant in Australia. I go into the how people were so easily controlled. And I go into specifically what's been going on and providing examples to try and wake people up, to at least to their immediate environment. It's very, very hard to talk to people about the global issues and who controls what because you get labelled very, very quickly these days. I mean, name-calling is the, the tool of the woke brigade and people don't speak out because they don't want to be called a name. They just don't want to be called racist. They don't want to be called a conspiracy theorist. They don't want to be called transphobic. They're scared of that. And because they're scared of being called names, people are silencing themselves. It's like a self-censorship going on. And I'm the purpose of the book is really to try and help people say to themselves, you know what, there's a whole bunch of people that feel this way. I'm not alone. I'm starting to speak out within my own sphere of influence. So how do people speak out? Well, look, I, I, I get asked this a lot, you know, because people aren't going to write books. I mean, I took it was a torturous process to write a book and get published. I'd never done it before. So, of course, people aren't going to do that. But I do talk in the book about things that we should be doing as a population um, together as individuals and as little community collectives. We all have our own friends and our own family. We all have work colleagues. We have people that we associate with every day. We, we have people that we buy things off. We need to start talking about things more and that's in our general day to day because we haven't been talking about things. We've allowed this these narratives to permeate our our culture and it's really starting to have a very negative impact on our society. The first thing we've got to do, take a look at your own personal values and beliefs and understand them and start talking about them. Start talking about whether you want boys and girls sports, whether you want, um, you know, men in women's bathrooms. Start, start talking to your friends and family about that. Don't just let issues that are clearly imbecilic and ridiculous like the question of what is a woman, like, like, let's, let's just talk about that for two seconds. We're actually even asking that. That's the world we live in right now. Like, how did we get here? And is, we've got to say to ourselves now, no, no, we're not going to ask that question because that's stupid. Is it a, fad, is, is it a fad we're going through and it'll have a use-by date? I don't think wokeism is a fad because we evolved from one ridiculous narrative to another. We have our core narrative. 
like the climate emergency where every we've got to, we're about to throw away our economic future for uh, this this sort of catchphrase called net zero. That's like nobody knows what net zero really means. Nobody understands what on earth they're talking about when they talk about the climate. Even the climate climate scientists are debating. So how can we all sit here and debate and talk about these things when we don't understand what we're talking about? So why would we throw away our our lifestyle and our economy and the future for our kids for something that is this big hairy thing in the sky? Now that's that's a core woke push and it's a woke narrative that is designed to control us. Is it and a these ge- other little Sorry, is it a generational thing as well? Uh, you've got baby boomers who think in a certain way and you've got a younger generation that think in a different way. So is it being generated from the younger generation or is it the baby boomers? No, I think it's intergenerational. I, I think that people have been following totalitarianism, dictators, you know, tyrannical dictators for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, we are essentially human beings. They're essentially social creatures that are afraid of not fitting in. They're afraid of ostracization from their pack. Um, and we got to a point basically through white Christian male Western culture that brought us to a point in the 20th and 21st centuries where we, be- we became democratic and free. We thought we were free. Um, and, and we, we reached a, I, th- I think we reached a really good place. And by 2000, you know, humanity had demonstrated that we were able to be tolerant, that we were able to live in societies with all different cultures and religions. And we were essentially working well under what we felt was a constitution and democracy. But it only takes one little thing. It only takes a few little fads and, and one big hairy moment for that swerve and for everything that has been won to be lost. And that is not a generational thing. That I think that's a humanity thing. Now, I have had had discussions on this and it seems to be that wokeism exists in Australia, New Zealand, England, America and and Canada. Now, I'm speaking Mm. to a friend in Israel and he says, we've got no time for this wokeism because we're too busy trying to stay alive. Now, yeah. why is it in these particular countries that wokeism is existing? Well, look, I, I've got a few theories. I think it's, you know, they're, they're countries now that are heavily relied on welfare. Uh, we're, we're heavily welfare p- people. We're a population where more than half of the Australian population pulls some sort of money from the government. And when you pull money from the government, the government can control you. Uh, when you rely on somebody else to to do your bidding and to, to give you money and to help you survive, you become a little less free. You become a little less able. Uh, I mean, that's one part of it for me. I think these have been very prosperous countries, these Five Eyes countries over the last 40 or 50 years, particularly Australia and New Zealand and Canada. You know, we've prospered very, very well. Uh, we've become a little lazy and a little complacent and a little apathetic, and we've we're not asking questions and critically thinking because we've perhaps had it too good for too long. Is it, is and that it a, could be another thing. Is it a form, a subtle form of communism? Oh, definitely. Oh, gosh, yes. It's all about, look, the, the people who are watching these countries become wealthy, I mean, there's been some wealth transfer. There's been a, a very big rising middle class and upper middle class in these countries. And I, I don't think there's a comfort level at the globalist level and at the level of um, 
you know, the people that are controlling the real money across the world. I mean, they're not they're not big on property ownership and wealthy people, and you know, they, you can't get too you can't get too wealthy. We'd have to knock you back a little bit because you know, at the end of the day, um, the, we have done extremely well as a country and as a people. You know, there's a lot of people living. A lot less, less people living in poverty across the world now than there ever has been in history, maybe a little bit more since 2020, but particularly in these five countries that you mentioned. Well, if it, if it is a form of communism, then commun- communism does have its day and they'd realise that enterprise or individual enterprise has got to come to the fore once again. How hmm. long, do, do you put a time on this or, you know... Uh. Yeah, they say they say there's a cycle every 200 years. I mean, that someone was uh, putting something on my feed the other day, saying that these cycles between freedom and totalitarianism can sometimes take 200 years. Um, you know, maybe it's faster now because of technology. But I'm a little bit more optimistic than that. I wrote the book because I love Australia, and I, I just really believe that. I think Australians are really starting to wake up in droves now, and I think that they're going to start to to tell their politicians locally at a state level and federally very soon in the next decade, I hope, that, you know, we need to get some emerging people that have got some leadership skills, some real leadership skills. And and I think that there needs to be a, a much greater conservative movement to push some very, very good people to the front and to lead Australia out of um, this sort of control I mean, I don't know if you got your energy bill the other day, but mine went up by about 25 to 30%. I nearly fell off my chair. We're self-sufficient in energy. I mean, how can Australians put up with this? How does, how does an Australian drive up to a fuel, a petrol station and, and, and be, be happy that they're paying $2.30 a litre? How does, how does that, how are they happy with that? You know? And, and I suppose it's got to the ridiculous stage where, for example, um, the four star Navy Admiral R- Rachel Levine in America, who is a bloke called Richard Levine, but oh, yeah, he, he no, now no. is he, she now is urging people to call mothers and mums egg producers uh, in a serious vent. She's asking uh, that to be just to uh, not have a gender, just have gender neutral people, and the people who have babies are called egg producers and. To change the nursery rhymes and the uh, the the old films and cartoon it's characters disgusting. to yeah, it is disgusting. extraordinary that people put up yeah. with it and uh, uh, if your book as I say it, 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 and I don't think we we're probably a little behind the states here America and uh, Europe uh, to a certain extent but uh, I, I, when it, when you look at the reality of it it is just so ridiculous that we do, we, we fear being called a, a bigot or xenophobic or whatever, anything, as I say, ends in ichorism. It is extraordinary, yeah. all those things. It turns, gradually drifts into hate speech if you don't call people they when they are obviously a man or a woman. And if they want to yeah. be called they, that's fine. But stop telling people that uh, they have to change the whole pattern of the English language and uh, the way they yes. they operate yes. to fit in with a yes. such a small minority that it's uh, it's pointless. Well, there's a, there's a really good meme that talks about that. It's like, don't don't push your psychosis onto me. Don't push your mental illness onto me. Just because you've got clearly got some mental health issues, just because you've got some things, and, and that's good for you, and you go off and dress the way you want to dress, and 
you know, put some underwear on and go strolling around the street. That's you do you do you because you know I'm actually a really tolerant person. But what I'm what I when I draw the line is when you push your psychosis onto the general population and you force the general population to agree with you and to then grow your population so you feel less isolated, so you feel less of a person who is on the fringe of society. You want to grow your tribe, so you do that by pushing everything onto children, to teenagers, and then you push it also into narratives where you say, and by the way, if you don't agree with everything that I say, you're intolerant, you're transphobic, you're a horrible human being, you know, because you're not actually fitting in with me. Now, that's probably... They're probably some of the most selfish, narcissistic people on the planet, and we, we in these, we in the, the these Western countries, because we're so tolerant and we want to show people, we want a virtue signal, and we want to show people how great we are. We actually enable that. We enable that rot, and that rot starts coming into things like the public service. That rot starts coming in through CEOs in companies who start changing value systems of companies and co- company culture. That rot starts to seep into schools, into curriculum. And that's been happening now for about 10 years. But the transgender stuff has been on steroids the last two years. And that particular narrative is just now becoming downright dangerous, ha- particularly has- for kids. Sorry, has the book, you can't say that, has it been banned from any outlets or bookstores or... Uh... No, yeah, I think it was banned. I think Amazon eBooks took it down, but Amazon Australia still carries it. Everyone's still carrying it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's only been out for a couple of weeks, so, and it's only been online, I think, for about a week and a half on, on online bookstores. So Barnes & Noble, Booktopia have it, uh, Amazon Australia have it. So yeah, it's so far so good. I'm surprised. I I did have a publisher who did say, well, no other publisher is going to touch this. I was going to say, <laughs> it's probably a badge of honour to have it banned because people say, oh, I must get this and find out why it's actually banned. Seems pretty harmless to me. Yeah, look, it is a harmless book other than just saying to people, get your voice back and the conservative, these are some conservative values. This is the conservative narrative. And if you feel the same way that I do, Here's a few tips and tricks to get out there and get your voice back because you deserve an opinion. Everyone deserves an opinion. Every single person, without losing their job, without getting cancelled, without getting marked down on their university papers or failing at their university course, every single person has the right to an opinion and to, to freedom of speech. Now, uh, Melinda, we have a very interested listener that's got headphones on here that comes into this podcast, and she is a four, four-time world aerobic champion, and uh, her name is Sue Stanley. So this is Sue. Hi, Melinda. Oh, oh hi, Sue. How are you? So I'm very well, thank you. I was really interested in the point where I know that Don said about the wakeism and how it's sort of like it's going to be here forever and a day. But do you think that because of the young kids of today that they're going through that wokeism, that they're A, trying to just change the whole world at one time and then hopefully something will stick and will go through that. I know Don Don said before about an evolution that is it just a fad or anything. I'll give you an example that uh, I obviously in the fitness industry and, you know, obviously transgenders or people can uh, walk into the change rooms, but uh, I was in the, I had a swim and I was in a change room and then mm. these two guys came in and, mm. and, and then um, 
changed and then they had something different to me, which is probably known as a yep. penis. Yep. Yep. And then and then I'm thinking, mm. are they really are they, have they said that they were transgending or are they just having a bit of a gag because they wanted to sort of boast that they can do anything and have a gag to say, can we get into yeah. the women's change room? Is it going to change or is it going to settle down a little bit? Some will stick and some won't stick? Yeah, look, I, I actually think that people are not going to tolerate that for very much longer. I, I can just tell you now that if – and the men in my life, my husband and the people that I know, if they ever found out, if, if they ever saw a, a guy walk into a bathroom behind me or my daughter or if they saw a, a guy walking into the bathroom in the gymnasium we were in, um, that, that person, I can tell you now – wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be physically able to but ever do ha- it again. But how do you express <laughs> your voice? Like once you say something, yeah, well, then you're think, just I think being. You've got to, <clears throat> that's fine. I think you've actually just got to say it. Look, I, I say it every day, and I put the book out to help people be brave. You know, I every single day I've got I've got quite a following now on X. I'm not super popular, but I I am classed now as an influencer on X, and I have a posse of haters. I have people who strip me, who abuse me, who hate me, and I don't care because I learnt how not to care. And now what I do is I actually talk a lot more in society when I never used to talk before because I was too scared to. So those haters have actually given me a little bit of gumption. So, for instance, I'll be in the butcher and I'll say, oh, yeah, did you see the other day? I'll just start making conversation. Oh, did you see that bloke got caught in the woman's public bathroom down in, you know, yada, yada at the Gold Coast? And these guys are like, what? Oh, if that ever happened, we're sick of this. So you just, I start telling people what's going on. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, but it's like the, the young kids of today are scared to have an opinion. So you ask that we do need leadership in, say, councils and areas where we do need them, but the kids just don't even know how to problem solve because they really have been either told or they usually just look at the Google machine. Or So the, the inability to, ch- uh, to problem solve when they're actually in a situation, I think they get a bit lost. That's I totally lost agree with that. Yeah, totally agree. I think the, the biggest risk right now that we have, and I... I 100% agree with you. It is scary and it's worrisome and it worries me is our children. Anyone under 16 right now is being targeted. Now, I have a 13-year-old daughter, so I'm right in the midst of it. I do see what they talk about and I do understand what's being thrown at them. Um, The parents, you know, what we try to do is the parents decided quite some time ago that we were all going to stay close, stay real. And we were going to talk and keep talking and keep talking and keep talking to the school and writing to the school. If we saw anything, then we would approach the school. We, we all decided to, to be a lot louder with our children. And we, um, I bat it back every single day, every morning I bat it back. So, for instance, every morning I, I watch 20 minutes of commercial television and I do that with her over breakfast. And everything that comes on, on that television, I start telling her what's behind it and I explain it to her and explain it to her. Now, years ago, it just isn't, it just didn't matter because nothing, she wasn't listening. But gradually over years, what I've found is that now she is forming her opinions. She tells me that she's found her voice at school. She's found her voice in the classroom. She does put up her hand and ask questions. Look, it's only one person and one child, but... If par- it's, it's really up to the parents. If parents can see it really early on, 
they confront the school, they confront the teachers. There's a wonderful woman on X who's been, who's now very, very famous, and she's called Libs of TikTok. Now, liberals... Yep, I, know, I, know, I know her. I know that. She I, has made... Yep, she I was a mother. Her, but, yep. but no, but you know of her? Yep, yes, I do. She was a, just a mother, just an ordinary mother like me, just going about a business every day, and then all of a sudden she started to call out the teachers at schools yep. and what they were doing because she started trolling TikTok because she was so horrified at what was going to cost him. Now, she has made a difference. She has had numerous teachers sacked from their positions. She's had school boards on alert. They know that if one of their teachers bobs up on her feed, now there are millions of people. Yeah, she got a huge them. following. I, I saw her evolve on uh, over the overseas news channels. Yes. And now she's now she's even penetrated to mainstream media. So there are ways that all of us, just even us talking today, even meeting you today and, and talking to everyone, we need to do more of it. And I've now just I've decided this year that I was going to become an outspoken person and I used the book as, uh, a, as a way to try and do that. I was going to ask you, Melinda, are you on any uh, community or political bodies or enterprises? Or, uh, well, I, this, I used to be in the Liberal Party. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I used to be in the Liberal Party, but unfortunately, uh, you know, I've... Well, you're yeah, just not you're too politically incorrect because they they are such cowards, or not it just everyone is such so cowardly to think that uh, they are governed by such a small minority of the population uh, that they are just they are that's the tail wagging the dog. Yeah, the biggest problem that we one of the other big problems we've got in Australia, maybe the biggest, but definitely one of them, is that there's not a lot of difference between the Liberal Party and the Labor Party anymore. And so what you get is you get this swilling around to try and get swinging voters. So what you do is you get this election by uh, minority voices and squeaky wheels. And then, so, so what you don't get is a strong opposition. And Australia now has probably the worst crop of politicians we've ever had in our history because we don't have a strong opposition because we don't have anyone with the courage of their convictions to stand up on the conservative side and say, we need to go back to our core values in Australia. And I do talk about that in the book. I do talk about what I believe Australia's core values are and why I believe that, that we are losing them. And I think, as a nation, we have to go back to them. And I think we need a politician, preferably on the conservative side of politics, to stand up and read them out to the nation and go, this is what I stand for. And we are going back to this. And every single policy... And every single ridiculous thing that we've been doing and every single piece of legislation is going to be underpinned by these core values. So we're not pulled aside. We've got women's rights. I mean, the, the men in that bathroom are basically invading a woman's space. Now, let's just go back to core human rights right now. Those, those men are violating women's rights because they're violating our spaces. Now, it's violating a woman's privacy. Uh, women's rights are being trampled all over right now. I don't know where the feminists are. Gee, they, those leftist feminists, they've certainly gone quiet. But, you know, it's scary. It's disconcerting. You know, when you've got men that close to you that you don't know that are undressing, as a woman, I, I mean, it's horrifying. Now, I don't know any woman out there that would feel any differently to this and the way that you would feel in that, that situation and that I would feel. Yeah. And I just think that... 
you know, once you start invading and stomping on people's civil rights and human rights, and we did that all through COVID, we did vaccine mandates, which, which took away people's rights to bodily autonomy because we gave people a shocking decision to make. Once you start doing that, I just don't believe we live in a free country. And woke, the woke narrative is right underneath that. Now, now, as a, as a woman, I would not feel as free as I was the day before if I was confronted by two men in my change room. Oh, I, I, I can don't tell feel... you, I was intimidated, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Melinda, um, you mentioned before that you have your daughter watching <clears throat> analytically or critically or commercial television. What about mm. the ABC? Don't you allow her to watch oh, the ABC? no. No, no, I keep her away from. I keep her away from. But the, uh, I mean, you've got to get a balance. In, in all due respect, you've got to get a balance, don't you? To be honest, she gets enough of the left wing woke stuff just by watching that that that, that television in the morning. Um, all other commercial TV is just no, no. I don't. I I just can't. I mean, look, she's busy anyway. Um, she does performing arts sort of four or five days a week at the moment. And on weekends, you know, kids don't watch TV. They well, the teenagers go off and they they do their they do their thing on their socials. I mean, it's twenty four seven socialising now, so they're pretty much in that mode. But I do try to talk to her in the mornings just about what the adults are being fed. You know, what are the what's mainstream media feeding the masses today? And this is the sort of stuff that you need to look out for when you're talking to your friends and as you grow up. So, yeah. Now, Melinda, you might be a little encouraged because I did mention earlier on the podcast that um, our podcast is, or excerpts of it, are taken and they're used for stimulation at St Joseph's College in Echuca. So they're getting a view from an older generation (laughs) for the younger generation to discuss so yeah. I at least maybe there's a bit of a change going on mm. in Echuca. Or they're trying to work out what brain Don Scott has. <laughs> 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 if there is one. Yes. Well, so Melinda, before we uh, – I've just uh, – this is what some people have said about your book and you can tell us where you can get it and how much it is. Uh, so these are testimonials. You are providing people like me with a voice. This is Alison. I feel like I'm not alone when I read this. This is Amanda. So thought-provoking, Julia, and it's fantastic, Andrew. And I know there'd be hundreds of testimonials of people who would have exactly the same opinion – because no one's going to say it in case they get pigeonholed and buttonholed into a certain category. So it is refreshing, uh, Melinda, and uh, tell us just where and uh, how you get it. Well, I, I have a website, melindarichards.com. It's a very basic, plain little website. I haven't had a lot of time to spend on it, but you can buy the book off my website. And then, of course, there's the online bookstores, and you can order it at any bookshop as well around Australia. So it has been put into a distribution network now which is which is great um but yeah melindarichards.com is just the, the the place to sort of see a little bit more about you know about me um not much more but a little bit uh, more. that's good and yeah well, well we really appreciate you coming on it's something i'm sure everyone is interested in 
interested in it, whether you're for it or not. They're interested in it because it's the main topic of conversation buzzing around in the community uh, at present. So, Melinda Richards, uh, you can't say that. Thank you very much for coming on. You cannot be serious. We're uh, sort of along the same theme, to be honest. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been great having a chat with, with you all today. Thank you. Good on you, Melinda. That's it.